welcome back to boss dk the podcast where we keep it real in our last episode you heard navin krishnaswami share his incredible journey as a dancer some of you told us how it inspired you and some of you told us how you miss doing what you love doing but hey if you still feel passionate about it all you need to do is do in today's podcast we're going to speak to a very talented entrepreneur who has authored asian growth stories he has presented to and trained over 7000 executives from around the world from countless fortune 1000 brands on building and managing their brands through digital he has been a contributor for forbes inc huff post and other top tier media his articles have garnered over 1 million views he was awarded the most influential global marketing leader at the world marketing congress in 2017 and was also rated as the number one speaker at the 2018 asean cmo conference and you can always find him with his protein bar he is joe escobedo welcome to the show joe yeah well thank you so much i think uh my mom is the only one who's proud of that but i appreciate that <laughs> Joe, you've you've traveled all over the world. You've started you started your life in Oklahoma. You pursued your masters in China, and now you're working in Singapore. That's a lot of space covered within the planet, and you know we might call you a global citizen. How did that work out for you? Yeah, no, so quite interesting. I think little people know that I was actually born in Germany. Um, so I was born there, moved to the states when I was young. I actually moved to Florida first. which if you ever been to Florida um you want to get out of there as quickly as possible <laughs> and then i was i moved to oklahoma uh, when i was a kid lived there for most of my life and then did my masters in china so i went from a small town in oklahoma which is about 26000 to a city in um, china called tianjin which has 11 million people so overnight i completely went in an entire different world it feels like i was going to a different planet because obviously um at the time I didn't speak the language I didn't know anything about the culture I was that stereotypical you know white guy trying to make it in Asia and uh yeah it was tough <laughs> Now I'm here in Singapore with the uh, two kiddos and a missus So how was the transition actually when you say you came from like a small town in Florida and then you land in China and then you land in Singapore so what was the transition like Yeah, so it definitely was not smooth by any means. I think uh I went to China pre-Olympics. So they actually the university they put us in was like the middle of nowhere. Um no one spoke English. So I remember I had to, you know, hand gesture for things because like if I go to the market and ask, you know, can I get a towel? Like <laughs> so little stuff like that and I think um, you know, not speaking the language was quite difficult. I didn't I knew absolutely no one there. I had some classmates um but what i quickly noticed is that half the classmates were still very american meaning that they lived off campus they only ate mcdonald's which i was like i can't do that i can't come all the way across the world and not immerse myself in the culture so i was fortunate uh i picked up the language about a year and a half so i was able to speak conversationally and then from there things got much easier um made a lot of friends learned a lot about the culture and business and uh yeah it was it was an amazing experience um after the first you know transition period like you said unfortunately our listeners cannot see the way you did that hand gesture of your ah, towel right yes. I, i wish they could have seen that you know that was really interesting so jo <laughs> one thought that crosses every professional's mind is uh, i will become a consultant and work on my own terms right as let's say like any any professional after a certain level of experience that's what they start thinking is that a true statement or is it just a wishful thinking 
Yeah, so I think, especially in Singapore, it seems like everyone wants to be a consultant. After you've reached a certain part of your career, everyone's like, I want to be a consultant. I think a lot of people don't really know how difficult it is or they underestimate how difficult it is. So there are people from, you know, uh, you know, senior executives at Fortune 500 companies and they're like, oh, I'm going to start a consultancy. I'm like, it's not really that easy. I think for a couple of different reasons. One, because if you've been in a corporate for your entire life, it's very difficult to switch, um, you know, to an entrepreneurial lifestyle style. Um, you have no assistant. You're basically doing everything yourself. So I think a lot of people really underestimate that. Um, on top of that, like you said, there's so much competition in Singapore because everyone wants to be a, you know, a consultant. Everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. So the market is flooded. Um, now, there's a question in terms of quality, but if you look at just sheer numbers, a very, very small country, it seems like every other person is either a recruiter or they're a consultant to some extent. So I think, like I said, it's definitely an uphill battle, even for me. Um, I was a bit naive because I, you know, I had a very solid career. I, I you know, advised Fortune 500 companies. I had, you know, helped build agencies that got sold. Like I, I thought like it was going to be super easy, or at least in my mind. But I think one of the challenges, and we spoke about this last time, is I nearly got deported whenever I started my company. But the second time when I nearly got deported, uh, the first time was when I first moved down here. Um, the second time is I was applying to get my visa. Unfortunately, it didn't go through. So they gave me, you know, an option. If you don't get it, you're out within, you know, a month or so. So I had a wife and kids and I was like, ah, what can I do? What can I do? So I called one of my friends and she was like, why don't you try reapplying? So I remember I had little to no clients at the time. So I was scrambling to get anything I could. I was advising an agency in the day. I was teaching at night. And then I come back and do kind of other businesses. So I was working like, you know, 16, 17 hour days for the first wow. uh, several months. And, um, you know, I went back to the government and I said, please, please let me back in the country. <laughs> and fortunately, you know, you know, they gave me the stamp. Um, so I just continue to stay here. But I think it was super, super nerve wracking. Um, I told my wife and I thought she was going to kill me, but <laughs> I don't blame her. So I think once again, that's one of the challenges that I think a lot of people understand is when they are a consultant, everything is under you. Um, mm. You know, your, your corporate, they handle your, your visa, they handle everything. If you're a foreigner um, and you're looking to you know, start a business, better make sure you have a solid business plan in place. Otherwise, <laughs> you're going to face the same thing I did. It's tough. It's tough. It's an uphill battle. I think one thing that most of us who are in the cushy salaried class don't realize because we say, you know, when, when we have a tough day, we say, I can do it on my own. I'll become an entrepreneur, right? Uh, because we believe that we have that kind of uh, equity in the market. Uh, so, I mean, again, now coming back to being an entrepreneur, when did the penny drop for you? When did you actually say, I'm going to be an entrepreneur? I mean, all of us do it every day, but when is it that you took that hard decision to say, yes, this is what I'm going to do? So that's a good question. I've always been one of those people, even the weird kid who knew they wanted to be an entrepreneur. Like one of my favorite games, this is back when they had very few computer games, was a um, computer software game called T Dino Park Tycoon. So basically it allowed you to build your own um, you know, dinosaur theme park and then you could run it. So I got very excited because I was managing operations and marketing and all these things for this fictional <laughs> theme park. And I loved it. And so I think even in high school, I got to the other opportunity to do marketing and manage our student-led kind of store 
where we had like, you know, uh, these little pizza and cookies and stuff like that. So um, I just loved it. Um, but, you know, I don't think I really had the guts to do it for most of my life. So most of my life, I was either in corporates or I was in big agencies um, learning the ropes. But I think after a while, it's just, you know, there's something gnawing at me. And I actually took the plunge at absolutely the worst time if I look at it now because I just had my second kid um, and I was starting a business and, and I had no clients. So in hindsight, it was an absolute terrible time to do it. But I, I knew at that point, like if I didn't do it then, I would really, really regret it. So I decided, you know what, dive in head first and uh, give it a shot. So that's when I started the company about a couple of years ago. So was it the right time? Would you call it that was the right time? I, I think for me, it was the worst time. <laughs> but I think, <laughs> I think uh, to answer the question, there never is the right time. I think a lot of people like myself drag their feet for so long, but there never is really a right time. Um, it's like having a kid. There's never really a right time. You just have to do it and, you know, you handle things every, after that. So, yeah, never really a right time. Just got to do it. Joe, you, you also mentioned uh, that you had a stable job that you had to leave to do this uh, transition all over the world, right? And you said you're, you're from a small town in Oklahoma. So how did that work out, right? You must have had some resistance back home when you have a stable job and then you're just going to fly out of the nest and say, I'm going to go to China. Yeah, so that's a very good question. If I look back at it then, people once thought I was crazy because I graduated and I had a very cushy job at a venture capital firm. Um, I actually loved the company. It was an amazing company. And if I was still in Oklahoma, I'd probably still be with that company now. This was like 15 years ago. But how it actually came to be is I had applied for the MBA program at my local university. And one day the dean called me into the office and he's like, hey, Joe, um, do you want to go to China? I was like, he's like, we are having a program there. Um, you'd be the first batch. We're doing a transfer program. I'd love to send you down there. We'll give you a scholarship. And I was like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, yeah, I, I quit my job um, in grand fashion. I think I dressed up as a ninja or something like that. And I told my parents, I told my mom, and I remember her thinking I was joking. Like I was like, hey, mom, I'm, I'm moving to China. She's like, oh, okay, well, have fun. And I was like, no, really, I'm, I'm moving to China in a couple of months or in a month or so. And she's like, okay. And I don't think it really hit her until I actually printed out the ticket. And even then, I think she thinks it was like a fake ticket. She was like, mm, okay. Uh, and even now, I've been away for 13 years. I think she still thinks I'm joking. She, <laughs> she's still wondering, you know, when are you coming back? You know, we're going to have dinner soon. So uh, God bless my mom. Uh, she's still hanging with me for, for 13 years now. But uh, yeah, it definitely came to a shocker my parents that's a long way joe 13 years yeah <laughs> waiting for you that's, yeah that's mom <laughs> okay so uh, that leads me to uh i think one of the biggest thing that works for any independent consultant or entrepreneur is building their brand equity and mm -hmm. i know you put a lot of effort and a lot of thought into the way you brand yourself, you call yourself the brand builder. I know that for sure, right? Mm -hmm. So what is that? I mean, how do you actually keep at it? What, are, what is that process? And you know, how do you go about it? Yeah, so that's very funny because I probably spend too much time on it, but uh, I really enjoy doing it. 
Um, so I'll, I'll quickly share kind of the brand builder because I think there's a misconception that I gave myself that nickname, which wasn't really the case is why I have it in quotation marks. So in one of my previous companies, I was, I had the idea that I wanted to give all the other consultants like these superhero names. So I gave one like the digital, one was like a digital transformer and like one was yeah, someone else. And I had everyone's, you know, image on the website and I was like, I have no idea what to name myself. And one of my colleagues was like, how about the brand builder? And it's, it's stuck with me since. I still go to meetings. I remember the first time I met a CEO when I was at Forbes. And before I can introduce myself, I'm like, hi. And he's like, oh, I know who you are. You're the brand builder. And I was like, I guess I am. <laughs> so it's, it's, been, it's been funny how it worked out because I didn't really plan it. Um, but the number of people who send me uh, message requests on LinkedIn saying, you know, I always ask them why. And they're like, oh, because you know, the brand builder really you know, got to me a really um, resonated with me. I was like, okay. So I think that's how it started. Um, going back to differentiation. And for me, it's funny because I get put on a lot of these like thought leader, leader lists and stuff like that. And I think it's always very hilarious because I don't think of myself like that. Um, for me, I just enjoy sharing what I learn on a regular basis. It's one of those things that like, even if I, my, you know, my team thinks I'm crazy because I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, sharing you know posts and something that's come to my idea because i was like oh it's gonna be a great idea to share and i think i've just been doing that for the past several years and i think it's really exploded recently is we started the uh my own kind of video podcast called the cup of joe which i'd love to get have you guys on there as well and it's just been an opportunity to interview so many people um once again there's a reason why i did that as well when i was working with the publication i won't name which one um they actually told me i couldn't do videos I actually proposed videos before they had videos in the platform. Now they, it's very, you know, rampant in the video. And I said, please let me do videos. So like, no, the editor said, you don't have a network or you don't have a large enough network. This was like four or five years ago. And I know to their credit, I mean, I had a couple of thousand followers on LinkedIn. It wasn't the extent it was now, but I was just like, I was just like heartbroken. Cause I was like, we can create some really cool stuff, but they're like, I'm sorry, you don't have the following for it. And I was like, so I said, screw it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start writing on my own. I'm going to start, you know, shooting videos on my own. And they become quite popular. You know, people meet me and they're like, you know what? I, I saw the recent episode of Cup of Joe. And I was like, once again, I didn't think anyone would watch that besides my mom. So thank you for that. Um, and it's just, it's just been a fun, fun way to, you know, meet new people and learn new things. I learned a ton from doing these interviews. So, yeah, like I said, just re- rejection just forced me to do it myself. Joe, a lot of our listeners must have this nagging thought in their head. You know, I must start something of my own. I must become a consultant because I've had all the experience. What is your advice to people who want to start, but are just not able to? My advice is don't become a consultant. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those things. I think, like I said, I was telling my friend because he was like, oh, I want to start my own business. And then I actually told him what it would take to start his own business. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna keep my day job. And I was like, good, good for you, man. I was like, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's not for everyone. It's not for the fan at heart for sure. And I think unless you really are super passionate about what you do and you're in it for the long haul, it's not just some like short stint you're doing because you're in between executive jobs. I would say, don't do it. If you're like me on the other, on the other hand, who is very much into the long term, who enjoys helping people, then give it a shot. Uh, the worst thing that can happen is you have to get a job. That's it. So at the end of the day, I, I say try it, but be in it for the long haul and, you know, get ready to get your behind kicked. I'll keep it kids friendly. Get your behind kicked because 
you most definitely will. Thank you, Joe. I think that's that's like fantastic and heartfelt advice. I mean, I can I can see that you know it's a very genuine advice that is coming from your experience. Um, and honestly, I know it's like really hard for people who go out and want to do uh, something on their own, right? Because that's a thought all of us have. We think it's very easy, but no, it's not. It is really, really hard. And only superheroes like Brand Builder Joe can really do it and pull it off. So thanks so much for being on our podcast, Joe. And we look forward to having you again sometime in the near future. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Happy to come on anytime. Thank you for having me. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up to the brand builder, Joe Escobedo. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you again for listening to our podcast. Until next time, keep it real.